Hello, today is September 7th, and we're recording episode 8 of the Brosane Pistons podcast. I'm Carl Rosane. And I'm Alex Rosane. Uh, it's been about six weeks since we recorded the uh, episode 7. Uh, it's in the off-season, so we didn't want to just keep blathering out about nothing. But since our last episode, there's been some interesting things happening. Andre Drummond has been playing on Team USA in the FIBA World Cup. And just recently, Greg Monroe has uh, signed his uh, qualifying offer. It's been long speculated that that would be his strategy in his contract negotiations with the Pistons. Um, but we'll, I guess we'll just get right into that. It, um, you know, he he thinks he and his agent thinks he deserves a max contract. He was a restricted free agent, which meant that uh, he could get somebody else to sign him to that deal, and the Pistons could either match or not. And no other teams took him up on it, and uh, nobody really made an offer. By all accounts, um, Monroe and his agent tried to get other teams to engineer a trade, a sign-and-trade for Monroe. And uh, they talked with some teams that made a lot of sense, like um, the Oklahoma City Thunder. He'd be a good fit there next to Ibaka, for example. And uh, there, there weren't any takers, or the Pistons weren't, weren't getting enough uh, in return, or, or we don't really know the full story. And so he's signed the qualifying offer, which means he's going to play for us for about five million bucks this year. Um, he he probably thinks he deserves more like fifteen, and we were probably trying to trade him more like uh, pay him more like twelve or thirteen. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, so he's going to take a discount and play for one year, and then become an unrestricted free agent after this season, meaning he could leave uh, for another team, and uh, we could get nothing back for him after this season. Uh, and one one last important detail is uh, he can uh, approve or reject any trade during this season while he's on the the qualifying offer. Um, so we can't just trade him to whoever we feel like. Uh, so that really ties our hands, and, and uh, we're we might really be looking at uh, keeping all three of our bigs and and uh, trying to play him all this year. Yeah, I imagine overall, I think this is. Not the worst outcome. I actually prefer this to us signing him to a max contract. Uh, it's disappointing that we weren't able to get anything for him. You mentioned the Thunder. I actually, just thinking about it, was it even a possibility we would have gotten Mitch McGarry out of that? I, you know, I, I don't know. The, none, nothing has leaked out as to what we were offered or what we wanted. Um, you know, the Thunder don't have a lot of assets to trade us other than untouchable guys like Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. Um but, you know, uh, yeah, Mitch McGarry is one of the movable pieces they have. But for whatever reason, um, that trade wasn't in the cards. I, I, I kind of wonder now what we do this year because I, I almost, as just someone who is, I'll root for Monroe going forward. I hope he ends up in a good place. This year, it would be hard for us to really build our team around him. Um, and the same, and also he, he might not be motivated to play but he would be motivated to play really hard and have a good year so he can get that max contract. So I wonder if he's going to be kind of screwed, uh, not really having the opportunity to show that he's a max player. Yeah. It, I, I mean, I don't even know if he would start or, or if Josh Smith would start. I mean, we're we're in a weird position where last year we, we tried to thread the needle by playing all three of them and starting Josh Smith at small forward. Well, it just there was an article last week that, said that uh, where they interviewed Josh Smith and, um, you know, Van Gundy told him, you're going to be playing power forward this year. So he, the, the reporter mentioned Smith is noticeably um, thicker around his shoulders and chest. You know, he's been lifting weights and preparing his body to play 
power forward all year in the NBA, which is a good sign because, as we've established on this podcast, Josh Smith sucks as a small forward. Um, and he last year he actually statistically played decently as a power forward. But now this puts us in a pickle. Do we bring Greg Monroe off the bench? Do we bring Josh Smith, the $14 million man, off the bench? We're certainly not bringing Andre Drummond off the bench because he's our future, and you know why would we not invest in making him a better player? So it'll be interesting to see what we do from here on. Before it seemed like ideally if one of the three were going to come off the bench, it would be Josh Smith. But now that if, if the plan is to keep Josh Smith and knowing that Monroe is leaving, maybe Monroe comes off the bench. It would kind of be a, a bad situation for Monroe, but – that might make that might be the best option. I mean, he would he would at least put up good numbers uh, against second units and playing, you know, not playing against starters. And uh, you know, if he if he plays a decent amount of minutes, but it's mostly against backups, sort of like Manu Ginobili doesn't start a lot of times for the Spurs, but plays over thirty minutes and puts up decent numbers. Um, you know, I'm not sure what that means for him. Uh, in the course of all, you know, what was written in the NBA world about Monroe's free agency. Uh, one interesting thing that was observed was he's a really a, um, a, although he's a very skilled player and talented, he's a hard guy to build your team around because he's weird because he's really big but he doesn't block shots and he's a he's a good pretty good low post scorer but he can't step out and hit the um, hit mid range jumpers consistently. He was actually a pretty bad mid range jump shooter this last year even though he took a fair amount of them and so. Um, and he's not quite big enough to be a great center, but he's a little bit slow to be a power forward um, against some of the guys like the Paul Millsaps in the league who are a little quicker. So everyone agrees, like, oh, man, he puts up 15 and 10, and he's a solid player, shoots over 50% from the floor. But you have to really have a special, specially constructed team to be the ideal fit for him. And basically the, um, the analysis was, I think maybe from Zach Lowe even, our, our, the patron saint of this podcast, <laughs> Grantland Zach Lowe, it, um, that you kind of have to start him next to a big guy who can block shots and hit the mid-range jumper, which is a rare combination. Um, basically the only guys in the league who can do that consistently are... Like Anthony um, Davis. Uh, Anthony Davis yeah. and Serge Ibaka and... Um, uh, what Josh Smith thinks of himself. Uh, <laughs> Josh Smith can protect the rim a little bit, but he can't hit the mid-range jumper, unfortunately, as we saw. So we should have just traded, we should have just gotten Anthony Davis in the offseason. That would have solved it. Yeah. So you, ben Gundy's such a bum. Let's get him out of here. <laughs> I would have traded for Anthony Davis. <laughs> no, but I, 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 I'm glad that Van Gundy had the foresight to not just cave and save uh, and sign Monroe to a max contract just because he is a good big man. Um, so I would I would prefer that we could have gotten something for him, or we could have paid him, you know, eight to ten million dollars a year. But neither of those were possible. So, uh, you know, we're not we're not shooting ourselves in the foot. That's right. And and we he's an unrestricted free agent after this year, and so we could lose him for nothing. But we still might be able to sign him, trade him next off season because we'll have his uh, what's called bird rights, which is a salary cap provision named after Larry Bird that was basically put in there to allow teams to go above the salary cap limit to sign their own players. And so that means that we can sign them to any contract another team wants, even if we're uh, over the cap. And and we can um, trade him to a t- another team that's over the cap. Uh, if he just go- leaves as a free agent, he's limited to teams that have enough salary cap room to just sign him, which should be you know maybe a dozen teams. But he could go to any team in the league if they want to pony up and trade for him. 
Uh, so it's, it's not still a lost cause. Well, I understand. Like, if that means that if another, can we sign him for? We can match any offer, or that means we can. No, it we're, mean, we're allowed to pay him more than other teams are allowed to pay him. Uh, it, it means that we can sign him to any any contract up to the max, even 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 if we're that would put us over the salary cap. I see. And so, if a team, um, let's say Oklahoma City, wants to get their hands on him and they don't have the cap room to get him, they could trade him trade us. Um, players with salaries that add up to what he makes, and, and we could do a sign and trade where we, you know, sign him to the thirteen million dollar deal that they agreed to or whatever. I so, see. so Monroe has access to being on those teams and being paid by those teams through a sign and trade. I see. Um, so, I don't know how these things usually work out, um, but we, we we might lose him for nothing now after this year and just have to console ourselves that it would have been dumb to pay him the max, but uh, we we might still get some, something for him. Um, and it, this is good that, that we have professionals running our team because, you know, I, um, I might be tempted to, as we may have mentioned before, you know, just like play Monroe five minutes a game or something like that. We, may, I think we might have mentioned that with um, you could, Minnesota could have done that with Kevin Love this year instead of trading him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and uh, so it looks like um, the other shoe to drop was what happens with Monroe, and it looks like it's kind of happened. Uh, and. It, we kind of went out of this offseason with a whimper. Um, this is our team for the year, uh, by all, uh, most likely. Um, w- w- taking stock a little bit, we added, we've added we added solid rotation players at starter and backup uh, at every position. So now we have two, at least two guys at every position who is a real NBA player. Um, how, unfortunately, uh, some of the guys who were starting are backup quality and yeah. so we're not going to be a great team and, and, who, and who would you qualify that as like kyle singler kyle singler um uh possibly jody meeks and contavious caldwell pope one of those two will start at shooting guard mm-hmm. and both of those uh probably wouldn't be starters on a great team mm-hmm. um brandon jennings uh is you know he's he's an average nba starter quality on offense and uh one of the worst players in the league on defense at point guard last year mm-hmm. um so probably not a starter on a, on a really good team. And then, yeah, and at small forward, uh, Kyle Singler and Karan Butler, both um, rotation players or backups on a, on a great team. But at least, you know, last year our bench was, was horrendous, even though our starters were disappointing, but our bench was horrendous. We'll be better this year. We'll have depth. We'll be, you know, if there are some injuries, we won't be playing, trotting out guys who are terrible. Um, and our division got a lot better. With Derrick Rose coming back, Pau Gasol playing for Chicago, and Kevin Love and LeBron James going to Cleveland, we're going to play them several times this year. Yeah. Um, so probably going to be another biting our time year. We'll we'll, we'll have a, a fuller season preview um, uh, probably later in the fall as we get towards the season. But yeah, we we already bought we've our learned so far. We have our tickets to the home opener against Brooklyn on November first. So. We might be recording live from the palace. You guys got to get excited here. <laughs> That's right. All, all uh, 12 of our listeners. Um, so I think that it would be interesting to talk now a little bit. The other thing we want, the other topic was Team USA. And it was exciting to see that Andre Drummond made the team. I don't think anyone predicted that. I remember listening to the BS report and him saying, well, why would you ever take Drummond? They would just follow him immediately, and he's a terrible free throw shooter. Yep. But um, – if you look at the roster, we have there's actually uh, five big men on Team USA, which is unusual. I, I think someone maybe the guy who got bumped 
was um, uh, John Wall or something mm-hmm. like that. People might have predicted we would have taken him. But we have DeMarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis, Kenneth Fareed. And then it seemed like it was it was between Mason Plumley and Andre Drummond. Uh, Mason Plumley is a similar player to Drummond stats-wise. Uh, Drummond's probably a better rebounder. But Plumley played for Duke, so people thought he'd fit better with Coach K of Team USA. But he ended up, they ended up keeping both of them. So Drummond... Uh, is on Team USA, and it's just been exciting to see him play even in garbage time. And he's, he's had a couple of fun alley-oops from James Harden and things like that, and he's played okay. Uh, yeah. but it's, it's, it's an absolute garbage time, so it's hard to really say. But it, against Spain, against the Gasol brothers, assuming we make it to the gold medal game, um, it could happen that if Anthony Davis and Boogie Cousins get in foul trouble and they need some minutes, um, it could happen that he ends up playing uh, during some significant, like some important minutes. Yeah, it it could. I mean, that's why they have him on the team as a as a depth and and also probably investing for the future. Um, you know, Anthony Davis and Andre Drummond are both twenty years old uh, last season, so I think you know may, maybe one or both of them are twenty one at this point. Uh, they will be sometime during this season. Mason Plumley was a rookie last year, but he's he was twenty three years old this last year. He played all four years in college, I think. Um, so I think. Part of it was for depth, and part of it was kind of an investment in Team USA's future. Um, and, yeah, Drummond has been playing garbage time, and he'll come in and get an offensive rebound in the first 45 seconds he's on the floor. He's just that's, He just has such a knack for that. And then he'll get one great alley-oop because he's just a beast when it comes to that. And that's really what he brings to the table. He makes your offense better without needing you to pass it to him in the post. Offensive rebounds just erase a miss and get, give you a redo on the possession. And alley-oops um, obviously uh, allow you to take advantage of a defensive breakdown because um, if a, you know, a James Harden penetrates and starts getting the defense moving around. Um, by all accounts, though, Drummond ha- has not been playing that great on defense. And this is really hard for the, the average fan to see um, just with the naked eye. You know, but I, you know, people who look at film and X's and O's, you know, um, Drummond and, and, uh, and Kenneth Fareed are, I guess by all accounts, both not really doing great on defensive rotations and filling in the gaps and, you know, playing like a great team defense. Um, you know, my impression is that big men tend to take a few years to figure out. It's very subtle, I guess, like where to shuffle over at what time yeah. on defense. And um, that's probably the biggest thing limiting Drummond's minutes. I mean, being a terrible free throw shooter is one thing, and that's easy for fans to understand. But, you know, I mean, he, he could play at the beginning of quarters uh, before they're in the bonus and not get fouled. If he, were, if he were really good, like if he were Shaq, for example, also a terrible free throw shooter, or Wilt Chamberlain, I don't think we would be sweating it about his free throw shooting. I, <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. And looking at, looking at some of his peers, it's, it, just looking at the stats, that we have a, a basketball reference, like a big man comparison looking at, we're looking at right now we can link to in the show notes. Um, Kenneth Fareed, uh, Kenneth Fareed has been impressive. I mean, he's starting, he plays really hard, and he's doing a great job. If you look at his stats from last year, it's actually pretty similar to Drummond, 13 points a game, uh, fewer rebounds per game. Um, but he seems to just be like he's a more experienced player, knows how to play team defense. Um, uh, but it just, I mean, kudos to Fareed. But on paper, Drummond might be a, a, a better player than Fareed. He just doesn't have the experience. Yeah, I think um, you know, tr- just trying super hard and being super athletic get, goes a long way in All Star games and in international play, where we have such an athleticism advantage. Um, Fareed is another one of those guys where 
Um, he's actually up for a contract extension after this year, and um, he hasn't been getting the offers he wants. And he's another guy who um, is hard to build your team around because he's not very big for his position. Um, he has a little bit of a post game, but he can't hit the mid-range jumper. Um, and I, actually, he's not considered to be a very good team defender. He tries really hard, but he gambles, and he um, do- isn't standing in the right place most of the time, according to people whose articles I read. This is, again, really hard for the um, even the informed fan to see while watching a game. Um, so, you know, it's it, it just... It's interesting. I, I, you know, Farid probably would have a great career if he went over and played in Europe and just dominated. Uh, he might even make more money. I mean, it's it's one of the one of these weird things. Yeah, I mean, looking at the international play, um, I was hearing um, the the announcer for who commented. What, you know, do you remember Fran Fischella. Yeah, Fran Fischella and Zach Lowe talking about how there's a lot of players in Europe who probably could make a roster in the NBA, but they would actually make less money and they wouldn't be home and they wouldn't. It just—it's interesting how even though it is an international game and the very best players in the world do play in the NBA, it's not like it's an absolute cutoff, uh, and, and everyone who's not in the NBA couldn't make it. Um, so another thing that has been impressive to watch is that how awesome Anthony Davis is—the fact that he's like our go-to man. He's 21 years old. Um, it's like man, like I, I think he might—he he might be uh, my number one pick. In, the, in a fantasy draft this year or something like that. Oh, yeah. I, I, I won our league last year with having <laughs> picked him in the fourth round. I just lucked out. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, at 20 years old last year, he averaged 20 and 10 with over 50% shooting, and he's a good shot blocker. I think his team defense still has um, a ways to come, but um, he's not bad at it. And they just added um, Omer, Ash- Omer Ashik from Houston. Uh, he, he's playing on Turkey's team right now. Um, he, who's one of the very best defensive centers in the league, that'll that will allow Davis to play power forward full time, and uh, the New Orleans Pelicans could be a team that's really fun to watch this year. Probably making a lot of NBA League Pass um, lists this year. Yeah, and and if you if you're looking for a reason to watch the Team USA as a Pistons fan, even if Drummond isn't going to play much, it's just fun to see uh, Davis play. He's like I think he was a he was a guard until his senior year, and then he grew a foot. In and he, high school, yeah. And you can see him, like, dribbling down the floor. He's super coordinated. He's just a freak. You know, like, you see some of the other guys on other teams who are big, like the center for Mexico. Um, uh, Gustavo Ayon. Like, you just look at his face, and you can, like, tell he's tall. Like, he looked like he had, like, a growth disorder or something like that. Like, <laughs> I mean, not, no offense to him, but, like, he just looks like the kind of guy who yep. is, whereas Davis just looks like, you know, you wouldn't think that he's seven, you know, he's almost seven feet tall. He's yeah. He's like he just took a stretched him out. And he's just like a. I mean, he has, he does have freakish arms, but the rest of his body is very in proportion, and it's it, it's like uh, even more so. It, it was with Shaq, who he looked like a regular human being who was just closer than everybody else. <laughs> you know, uh, he was in proportion. Anthony Davis is, um, yeah, he 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 doesn't look like. Uh, you know, a guy who doesn't know how to have have his arms and legs untangle. Um, he, and also one thing that was striking is he looks noticeably thicker around the shoulders area. Like it, when a guy is 20, 21 years old, you actually can kind of grow into your body. Uh, it, it's amazing. Um, so yeah, that, that definitely is a reason to watch. Um, I think also, um, at one of these games, Steph Curry is going to heat up and just, and just go bonkers with the, 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 the FIBA international three point line is like almost two feet shorter than the NBA one, or it's like a foot and a half shorter. Well, in the, in the Mexico game, he he finally made like six threes, and there was a couple of just like his 
Like I think there was one where he thought he got fouled and he just chucked it up and made it. They didn't call the foul, but <laughs> and that was like yeah. So it, it just it's just fun to see the best players play and it's it, the we've we've been blowing everybody out, but um, I think most some people think that Spain's actually the favorite. So uh, it could be a very competitive game, and if the foul. In in these games, there's only five fouls until you until you follow out. And Drummond, it, it could happen that Drummond will end up having an opportunity to play like a key role, and it would be really great to have him sort of on, on the world stage kicking ass. That would so, be really fun. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think that this is a pretty short episode, but that's pretty much all we had to cover. So thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again closer to the season opener. All right. <laughs>